Hello, guys. Welcome back to the Greedy Men Podcast. I'm John Riggs, your host. And as always, we are here to equip, encourage, and inspire God's men to live God's way for God's glory. Yes, that's right, guys. That's one of the things that sets this podcast apart from so many other of the men podcasts that are out there. Um, Our purpose is really um, to help God's men grow and mature in Jesus Christ. And uh, so that's really the gist of everything that we do and we set out to do with this podcast. And so thank you guys for taking time to join in, spend some time as we learn together what God's word has to teach us about what it means to be kingdom men, uh, loving our king and serving in his kingdom. And we want to do it all for the glory of God. So, hey, guys, I want to get right into it today. Um, Thank you for taking time out of your busy schedule to spend some time with me as we look at God's word. Um, One quick announcement to make uh, for you to just keep in the back of your mind. Um, We're going to be having another Gritty Men camp, and that's going to be starting in the month of April. And so it's going to be a 60-day camp. It's going to be a very rigorous camp. Uh, not only mentally, but physically and spiritually, as we develop discipline in these three primary areas of our lives as God's men, living for God's glory and living God's way. So, hey guys, if that's something that you would like to be a part of, if you're ready for some change in your life, if you're ready to grow, if you're ready to be a better man, um, a better husband for your wife, father for your kids, you want to be... stronger physically and much more disciplined mentally and grow spiritually, then this camp is a camp that you'll want to take part in. But I do want to just give a disclaimer. It will not be an easy camp, but you will grow. And I promise that if you do the work, you will not be the men that you are before you begin that you are when you complete this camp. You will be different men. And all of that is for God's glory and for your good. And so if you're interested in that, you can send me a message, can contact me in the link below, and uh, also more information's coming. If you're interested, though, it would be great to get you the information that you're going to need in order to be part of this camp. You do not have to be right here locally where I am. We're going to be having this camp here, yes, where I am. I'll be leading this camp, but you can do it also um, in other parts of this country as well. Um, you'll be able to do it from wherever you are. So. Uh, If that's something you're interested in, hey, let me know, and we'll be sure to get the information to you so you can take part in that as we make this stuff more readily available for you to use. All right, guys, let's get right into the podcast today. We're going to talk about a topic that affects every single one of us as men, and that is the topic of anger. That's right. How are you doing in the area of management of anger in your lives? The reality is, guys, anger in and of itself is not sin. It is a natural human emotion. Uh, It becomes sin, though, when we misplace our anger and act it out in a way that brings unrighteousness or we do things that are sinful with it, right? And so I know that every man listening to this podcast um, is um, well aware of the carnage that can come from allowing our anger to be misplaced and to be used for unrighteousness. And so we don't want to be those kind of men. We want to be men that uh, model what Christ modeled for us in relation to how he dealt with anger. And we're told in Scripture in Ephesians chapter 4, guys, you can write this down, Ephesians 4, 26 through 27. Paul says to these believers, these men in, in Ephesus, he says, Be angry and do not sin. The reality is, guys, we're going to get angry. 
Okay, that's a normal, natural emotion. We're going to feel it. We're going to experience it. Um, anytime we um, see how evil is pervading this culture and uh, we see all of the things that are happening in our world, we, we have a tendency sometimes to get angry at those things. Uh, when we see the name of God mocked, that makes us angry. In fact, we get angry at those things that anger God. But also, we get angry... Um, for the wrong reasons. Sometimes our anger comes because our, um, our ego or our pride has been uh, struck, if you will. Um, it becomes very self-centered. And so sometimes our anger can be directed the wrong way. It can be about me, myself, and I. And uh, we want to live differently. We want to follow the pattern that we see Christ, which is the standard of how we are to live in Scripture. And so we're going to learn how Christ did this today. We're also going to learn more about how we can um, control our anger. And that's going to be the key word, self-control. We're going to talk about it a lot. And if you have been part of this podcast for over the last year, you know that we talk about self-control and discipline a lot on this podcast because you're not going to be able to do anything in life without self-control. And one of the descriptive... um, truths that apply to what it means to be a godly man is self-control. It's one of the fruits of the Spirit, and we want to be self-controlled in our life. That's We want to be steady. We want to be steadfast. We don't want to be hot-headed. We want to be men uh, that are able to um, react and respond appropriately and accordingly in a way that honors and glorifies the Lord, okay? So anger, guys, as you know, is a natural human emotion, Uh, You're going to experience it. You're going to feel it. You also know the damage that can be done when our anger is unchecked and we allow it to have its way and uh, we do things and say things that we would never have said had we set control over our mouths or uh, controlling our emotions, okay? So we want to be those kind of men, men that really are operating in self-control, and it's not easy to do. Um, but nonetheless, we want to do that. And we're going to look at two types of anger that we do find in Scripture. Um, Scripture does have a lot to say about anger, believe it or not, and it's very applicable to us as God's men living God's way for God's glory. That's our desire. So there is an appropriate anger, okay? We're told here by, by Paul to be angry, but don't sin. In other words, in Scripture, we, we see a, an anger that we could describe as righteous anger. In fact, that's the anger that we see displayed by God the Father or the triune Godhead in the Old Testament. We read about that. In fact, there's a lot of scriptures that talk about God's anger and God's wrath um, and uh, the reality of what that brought. But God's anger and God's wrath is always holy. It is always righteous. It is always perfectly given out according to justice. It's never done in an unrighteous or um, ungodly way. Um, it's, it's done rightly. In, fa- in fact, if, if God uh, displays and uh, brings forth wrath, he does it in a way that is perfectly honoring, holy, just, and righteous. That is how God um, not only displays anger, it is pure, and it is true, and it is right. But when he acts out in his anger, in wrath, it is done justly. Okay, That's not the way we, we often operate as men. And you know exactly what I'm talking about. Um, and, and here's the reason for that. We, we have an inappropriate, unrighteous anger most of the time. 
And that anger is a anger that when it's acted out on, it leads to sin. It never brings about the righteousness of God. It brings about unrighteousness, okay? And those are the two types of anger that we're going to look at. One is a righteous anger, and that means we have anger for those things that anger a righteous, holy God. Um, and then there's the inappropriate type of anger, and that kind of anger is unrighteous. It gives way to the flesh, and it's not being led at all in the Spirit of God. It's all about the flesh, and we operate in the flesh, and we react in the flesh, and we know that it doesn't bring about the righteousness of God. In fact, usually the opposite is the true case. So I know this is, this is something that we all deal with, and what we're striving to do as Christian men is we're striving to follow the example of Christ, but also we want to live in such a way that we are able to give honor and glory to God um, through the way in which we live our lives in this world, okay? That's our goal. That's our aim. That's what we're trying to do. Um, we all get angry when wickedness prospers, guys. That's a reality. In fact, there's so much wickedness in our culture, in our world today. We find that anger is something that kind of seethes. Uh, it just kind of there. You know what I mean? Uh, we get angry at wickedness when it prospers. And it does seem like so much wickedness prospers in our day and our time. We get angry at the injustices uh, that we see displayed in our culture, in our world. Um, the way that people are treated, the, the murder of the unborn. I mean, go down the list of all of these things that are, they're, they're not just at all. In fact, injustice seems to rule the day today, and those things create an anger in us as God's men. We all get angry at deception, and we know deception is rampant today in our culture. One of the things I hate is I hate deception, and I hate uh, those that uh, aspire to deceive people. I hate their actions and uh, it drives me, um, drives me crazy to see how much deception is, is at the forefront of what we are hearing and seeing and being offered today. So that is something that makes us angry. Um, we also um, are angry at those things that are in opposition to God's truth. In other words, we love truth. We love the Word of God, and we we, we are angry at those things that are in opposition to the truth of God. We also find anger welling up in us um, towards those things that bring defamation to the name of God. In other words, they mock God, people that mock God's holiness or his existence, or they make fun of God, or they make fun of the word of God. Like They, they just mock God open, openly, and those are things that cause us to have a righteous anger. Um, the book of James has some things to say about anger as well. Um, James reminds us in chapter 1, verse 20, that the anger of man does not produce the righteousness of God. And that's what James is emphatically saying. In fact, James makes it very clear. He says, let me just say this about anger. Number one, be, be quick to listen. Number one, be slow to speak and be slow to become angry. Those are really three things that we may look at today, if not maybe on the next podcast, that are important about how we diffuse anger from having its way in causing an unrighteous sin in our life. In other words, we need to be quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to become angry. The reality is, for most, we are slow 
uh, to hear or listen. We are quick to speak and we're quick to become angry. And when we react this way to any situation, more than likely the outcome will not be a good outcome and it certainly won't bring honor and glory to the Lord Jesus Christ. And so how are we to be angry and not sin? That's a great question. Um, you guys on this podcast over the last year have heard me talk about uh, discipline and self-control over and over and over again. One of the reasons for that is because you're not going to be able to do much of anything without discipline in your life. It is the key element of bringing about any type of positive change. It's going to require discipline in your life. To do anything good is going to require discipline. To overcome bad habits will require discipline. To live for the glory of God will require discipline. To be to be um, a great leader for your wife and for your family is going to require discipline on your part. And the list goes on and on and on. To be in good physical shape is going to require great discipline in your life. To have a mind that is steadfast and sure and solid to have a mind that is strong because the body follows the mind, you're going to have to have discipline, to have a disciplined mind. And so I really um, want to talk about discipline and, and, the, and the purpose of self-control. The discipline of self-control, that's going to be one of the key elements that will help you guys in regards to this topic or this emotion of anger. Self-control is a key element to what we must do as men. We must be self-controlled men. A control that is gained by enforcing obedience or order. In other words, we don't allow anger to control us. We as God's men are by discipline going to respond and to be self-controlled. In other words, we're going to control our emotion of anger. Remember, one of the attributes of God's men is that we are not controlled by emotions, all right? We all have them, and given their way, they'll, they'll go and they'll run full speed ahead. We as Christian men, God's men, living honoring lives to God, must be men who um, don't allow our emotions to lead the way. Um, we allow our minds through reason and through... Um, um, common sense and through the truth of God's word, we use those elements to trump our emotion. And in self-control, we try to operate in a way that honors God in our life. Okay. That's part of our maturing and growing in the Lord Jesus Christ. Um, someone that is very quick to allow their emotions to lead the way they're very, they're very immature. Okay. That's what that's what like a 12-year-old a kid will do. Like, you know, when they enter into them early teen years, for example, man, they're just all over the board. And, and, and basically, how they act at the moment is basically just a response to an emotion that they're currently feeling. Here's the problem with a junior high kid, early high school, is that their emotions are all over the board. And so, you know, their hormones are everywhere, their minds are everywhere, they're not even fully developed yet, and you wonder why it's a chaotic time in the life of these young people. Well, they're, they're, they're allowing their emotions to just, to just take them wherever they want to go. And that's not what men do. Men control their emotions. That's, that's a, a hallmark of what it means to be a mature man, is you don't allow your emotions to control you, you control your emotions. Um, it is... Uh, orderly or prescribed conduct or pattern of behavior. In other words, we're going to determine how we behave. 
That's going to be something we must do, okay? Self-control. It is a training that corrects, molds, or perfects the mental faculties or moral character. And it's got to begin with the mental factory, the mental faculty, excuse me, because the mind will lead the rest of the body, okay? And so we want to have um, a very disciplined and self-control thought life. And we want to control those things in our minds. Um, <clears throat> the discipline of self-control will require a fortitude of the mind. That's why I think it's important for us to do um, things that we don't want to do. For example, when our mind says not uh, to do something because it's hard or difficult, I think what we need to do is we need to press ourselves to do those things that we don't want to do. And every time you do, it seems like you gain a little more control and strength of the mind. And you're, you're telling your body or your flesh, no, no, we're going to do this. I know you don't want to, but we're going to do this. And so it takes fortitude of the mind, strength of the mind, and discipline of the mind. Um, thoughts lead to actions. Actions will develop habits, and habits form character, and character directs our life. And so anger is one of those things that is an emotion, but this emotion, if we allow it to have its way, can lead to actions that are not healthy, that are not good, and you guys know exactly what I'm talking about. And these, these actions, if we let them continue to happen over and over and over, then they'll become a habit. In other words, when, when anger comes, it's not even a conscious effort. It's just a natural progression goes right into the action where we're, we're not listening, we're, we're, we're basically, we're, we're speaking out quickly, we're, we're, we're just, we're reacting, and it's just becoming almost just like muscle memory, right? It's a, it's a habit, and if you have a habit, you say, I just can't control my temper, I just hot-headed, I just lose my temper all the time. Well, the issue is, you don't, you don't have any worse temper than anyone else does, you just don't control yours. Every man out there has the potential to have an out-of-control temper, that is true, but we've learned and we're learning to control that and reel that in. So a guy that can't control his temper whatsoever, he's very spiritually immature and he's just not growing and maturing the way he should be. And he knows that he has the ability to control it. He just doesn't do it. He lets it have its way. That's just the way it is. So we can control it, but guys that say, I can't, no, you can, you're just not doing it. So number one, we need to realize that we have the power within us to control our emotions. And if we don't, your emotions will control you. And so that's what's going on. If, if you've got a pattern of this, you can stop it, but it's going to take discipline and it's going to take what? It's going to take self-control. But you can do it. You can do this. <clears throat> You're not born with the attributes of discipline or self-control. Okay, that's, that's why it's so easy in the flesh to let those things go. But as we become followers of Christ, born again of the Spirit. Now we're living by the Spirit. We have the Holy Spirit to come alongside us and to help us in these areas of weakness. We have the ability now to control these things, guys, in a way that we never did before. And so I want to encourage you in that, that these things are not born attributes necessarily. They're developed, and they are developed through um, discipline and through actually practicing these things out. So there's a quick way to, to start this today. When you feel yourself getting angry over whatever situation it may be, 
you now have to operate within a discipline and you use self-control. So when the, when the first thing that enters into your mind, when you start getting angry, you need to think of the reality of being self-controlled. In other words, are you going to let this have mastery over you or are you going to have mastery over it? And guys, I don't want anything but Christ to have mastery over me. I want to be able to master all of the things of the flesh. And we are required to do this. And we have now the power to say, to say no to sin. We have that because we've been set free from the power of sin, being born again unto God. And we've been filled with the spirit of God in regeneration. We now have this power. So here's how it's going to go. And you're going to get mad. I can guarantee you're going to experience anger. If not today, tomorrow, if not tomorrow, this week, you're going to experience it. But here's the deal. Are you going to master or are you going to let it be your master? That's the thing. And none of us want to be mastered by our emotions. It's not what we want. That's what weak males do. We're not going to be that. We're going to be solid, steadfast ships moving straight forward in a raging sea. We're going to be steadfast. We're going to be calm. We're going to be, we're going to be mentally engaged. And we're going to be letting the Spirit of God lead and direct us through this storm of emotion that we might find ourselves in in the moment. Now you say, well, John, if I always control my emotion, then when will I ever act out appropriately in anger? Listen, by being self-controlled does not mean that you're not going to act appropriately. What self-control means is that you will act appropriately because you're operating in a discipline of self-control. And so when you need to act out appropriately in anger, if you have self-control, you will know not only when to act out, but you're going to know how to act out. You won't have a problem with that. In fact, the problem is, is restraining it and acting out inappropriately. Okay, that's the thing. Um, godly character is developed through discipline. And these are just some of the attributes that we're trying to develop in our life. And self-control over anger is an area of our life that we want to have mastery over. That's the desire that we have. Um, we're told this in 1 Timothy. We've talked about this several times on this podcast, too. Um, chapter 4 talks about um, how we are to train ourselves for godliness. We have a part in this, and you have a part in controlling your anger. Uh, you have a part in controlling your lust. You have a part in controlling uh, whatever emotion, gluttony or laziness or whatever these other attributes can be. You have a part in controlling those things. Um, you have a part in controlling fear, which is an emotion that you might fear something. You, you can control that fear and you need to be able to control that fear. So that's mastery over those things, right? So we have to train ourselves for godliness and we know that we can understand how to do this somewhat because we know what it means to train our bodies, right? We know that there's, there's, there's intent and there's discipline, there's self-control and there is work involved, there's work. You're never going to grow stronger, have more health, be able to have a better cardiovascular system, to lose weight. Um, just go through the list. It's never going to happen unless you do something about it. You have the control. Your hand is on the wheel, and you get to determine it. So 
I know some of you might be thinking, well, John, you just don't know my situation or what is said to me or this or that. No, that's not, that's not got anything else to do with you controlling yourself. You're right. You cannot control what other people say or what other people do. We don't have control over that. The one thing we do have control over is the way in which we allow what other people do cause us to respond in such and such way. I have the control over how I respond to how other people, um, to what other people do. Okay. I can't control their behavior necessarily. I can't control what they say and do. I can't control attitudes and so on and so forth. I only can work at controlling my own. And that is really the way we master the situation. If you have control over yourself, it's not going to matter what anyone else does, to be honest with you. Because if you have mastery over yourself, you're already surpassed them and you're able to take control of the situation because you have control of yourself. It's when you lose control of yourself that you lose control over the situation. But if you operate within the guidelines of discipline and self-control, that is personal self-mastery, you already are heads and shoulders above everyone else in the entire situation because you are in control of you. That's number one in uno. Don't forget that, okay? So we know that there's value in bodily training, but it takes effort. It takes work. It takes discipline. It takes um, consistency, right? It's not like I go work out one time a week and think I'm going to get healthy. That's not going to work. No, I have to do it day in, day out, day in, day out, week in, week out, month in, month out, year in, year out. That's how we become healthy and that's how it becomes a discipline, and that's how it becomes a lifestyle, and then that's how we enjoy the fruits of our labor and get to enjoy healthy living while God has us here on this earth. <clears throat> we have a responsibility to train ourselves, guys, and we have to do the work, and that's going to require discipline. I can't stress this enough when it comes to anger, okay? When it comes to anger, you're going to have to be disciplined. There's no other way around it. And we know that self-control is one of the fruits of the Holy Spirit, okay? We live in a society that has a hard time controlling itself. That shouldn't be a surprise. But for the Christian man, we already have a fruit that comes from the Spirit of God that is in us, and that is self-control. Of all people on earth who should be able to live self-controlled lives, it should be us. Because we have been given the Spirit of God, whose very fruit uh, that comes from being in Christ and the Spirit living in me is self-control. It is basically self-mastery, self-restraint. Um, that's what it means, okay? Um, so the Spirit-filled, Spirit-led man of God, um, we can be self-controlled or Spirit-controlled, if you will. Letting Christ by the Spirit lead us and have mastery over us and we walk simply in obedience to that in philippians chapter 2 we're told to work out our own salvation with fear and trembling right so we're, we're going to work these things out this is part of what we must do okay so listen if you're struggling with this vice and i call it a vice uh it's, it's a lack of discipline and that is that you're allowing anger to rule your life i can promise you that you're struggling in your relationships with people. Not only that, you're probably having some issues within your marriage um, and your relationship to your wife is having problems. And a lot of that goes uh, just part and parcel when we have these relationships like a husband and wife and a husband that will not control his anger and allows it to have free run and his own emotions lead the way. 
Instead of controlling them, we often say things we'd never say. We do things we would never do. In fact, if you were to, to talk to the average gentleman, uh, the average person that's in prison, and you ask them what their crime was and ask them how many of them operated and performed that crime um, with the result being from anger, you would probably be shocked how many people have done things that they wouldn't have done if they wouldn't have let anger lead the way. And if they would have operated in self-control, right? So here's the deal, guys. We want to be self-controlled and self-disciplined. And it just means we got to work at it. We got to work it out. Self-mastery, it's what we do. We've learned this verse over and over, but it's a great one to memorize. That of Proverbs 25, verse 28. A man without self-control is like a city broken into um, and left without walls. It's a dangerous thing. And you see these men around you. They have no self-control, um, whether it's morality or it's their character, honesty, integrity. That They don't have any walls shoring them up. It's just, it's just like it's just whatever happens, whatever goes, their life is just all over the place. We're not those kind of men because our life has been built on the foundation of the Lord Jesus Christ. And we're building on that foundation and we're building a structure that is solid, that is secure. And we have the elements of those things that we need to, to be able to live a sure-footed type of life in Christ Jesus. And part of that is um, self-control. Um, in Titus chapter 2, we read that... Um, that God has appeared, bringing salvation to all people, and he's trained us to renounce ungodliness and worldly passions and to live self-controlled, upright, and godly lives in this present age, okay? It's very important that we understand it. 2 Timothy 1, 7, God gave us the spirit not of fear, but of power and love and self-control or self-discipline. 2 Peter 1, um, Five through seven says, uh, make every effort to supplement to your faith virtue and virtue knowledge and knowledge with self-control and self-control with steadfastness. You want to be a steadfast man? You'll never be one without self-control. Never, 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 never. So you want to be that, that, that guy that your wife can look at and say, you know, that guy, no matter what comes his way, he is just a steady man. You've heard that. He's a steady man. He's a steady man because he's a self-controlled man. He's a knowledgeable man. He's self-controlled. He has self-mastery. And it's, a, it's an awesome responsibility for us to have this discipline in our life. Paul reminds us that he disciplines his own body and he keeps it under control. And he talks about that in 1 Corinthians chapter 9, verses 24 through 27. He says, listen, I have a part in this. And one of the things I have to do, this is the Apostle Paul talking about this, is that he has to discipline his body and he has to keep it under control. And that even is including anger. Um, the Apostle Paul, he was just like we are, experienced the same things we experienced, had the same emotions that we have. And no doubt there were times that he um, had righteous anger and then he felt anger that would have been acted out on would have been unrighteous in the way that he would have done it. So Paul says, I've got to control myself here. I've got to have self-control. And he, he, he did his best by God's grace to operate in those things as imperfectly as, as we do those things. We strive to do it in a way that honors and glorifies the Lord. First Peter 4, 7 says, be self-controlled, sober-minded for the sake of your prayers. 
So if we can't live self-controlled lives, it's apparent here that self-control has a connection to the way in which our prayers are being heard by God. In other words, self-control keeps us from sin, right? That's exactly what it does. Um, Titus chapter 1, we're told here that um, an overseer or what you'd call a spiritually mature man, some of the attributes that define this man um, are, are as follows. He lives above reproach. He's not arrogant or quick-tempered. See, there's that word quick-tempered. It's not that he doesn't experience the emotion of anger. He doesn't let emotion of anger lead him. He's not quick-tempered. He's not a drunkard or violent or greedy for, for gain. He's hospitable, a lover of good, self-controlled, upright, holy, and disciplined. Those are the attributes of maturity. That's what that is. Um, and I know that in our culture, um, we can learn a lot about guys that do incredible feats for self-control and self-discipline physically, but they fail miserably in human relationships. So they lack self-control there. Um, or, or they can't control their body. They can control their body and, and do great feats of strength or, or very, very hard things, but they can't, they can't stay free from, uh, from porn or lust or, or infidelity or from sexual immorality. They, they, they don't control their body that way. Oh, they'll, they'll run a, some sort of, uh, of, of, of an ultra marathon and do all kinds of crazy stuff and talk about discipline and self-control, but they can't even control their own lust and their own sexual purity. And see, see where I'm getting at? When we start talking about what it means to be a godly man, there's a lot that goes into this, and it's not an easy thing. Being a godly man, it takes grit, guys, to be a godly man because we have to tell ourselves no. We got to do hard things. And I don't mean just hard things like I got up and ran 20 miles this morning. Hard, I mean, no, I've got to tell my body no to lust. I've got to tell my, my, my mind, no, I won't think on those things. Or I've got to tell my mouth, to, I'm not going to speak like that. I'm not going to use that kind of language. And you hear people say, oh, it's just the way I talk. No, it's not just the way you talk. You don't have any self-control or self-discipline because everyone can control the words they choose to use. They just don't want to. So they, you hear these guys, they talk so much about self-control and about discipline, but they're so undisciplined in other areas of their life. So guys, we want to be well-rounded in this. We want to be men that have good speech and we talk clearly and, and we, we don't use all kinds of rubbish for our language. It's easy to use those words. It's difficult to, to speak appropriately with appropriate people and to use words that aren't, aren't like that, man. To not, to not be all, to control our, our eyes, you know, and our, and our minds. There's a lot to this, a lot to it. So, it's not just about the physical, man. It's about spiritual things. It's about whether or not, can I stay committed to my wife for 30, 40, 50 years? In other words, I can make a relationship, a relationship work because I am what? I am disciplined and I'm self-controlled and I'm not self-centered and I'm not selfish in all ways. No, but I'm able to actually have a true relationship of self-sacrifice and self-giving. That, that's what men do. Men make relationships work because Christian men do that. Why? Because this is the most unbelievable gift in relationship that there is, is marriage. 
and ended up raising kids and providing for our wives and our careers and our businesses and, and everything that we do, our ministries and just living life, man. It all takes discipline and self-control. But we can all look at one picture and say, oh man, that is incredible, that's amazing. But in other areas of their lives, their self-control and discipline is completely off the chart. No, we want to be well-rounded in self-discipline and self-control, not just in one area. No, we want to be able to have all those areas, the mind, the soul, or the spirit, and the, and the body. We want them all under control. That's what we want to be able to do. Nothing wrong with great feats and things that guys do. It does take self-control, but we need to be men that are self-controlled in all of these ways, right? Titus chapter 2. It says here, talking about the older men, they're to teach these younger men, right? Um, and we're told that the younger men are to be self-controlled. Even younger men, you hear guys say, well, I'm just young, I'm sowing my wild oats. Uh, no, there's also a wild crop you're going to reap the harvest of. Don't be stupid. Um, it, it's hard to fix stupid. Life's hard enough, but when you're stupid, it's real hard. Because then you got to reap a stupid, stinking harvest. That sucks. So don't do that stuff, man. Be smart and make good choices. Young men, be self-controlled. Don't tell me you can't. You can. Um, be an example for older men. Be a self-controlled man. Um, Titus chapter 2 says we're to live self-controlled, upright, godly lives. So we understand this reality of how much self-control is a part of what we do. It, it's absolutely huge. Um, and, and, and we cannot, we cannot control anger if we're not self-controlled, guys. It will control us. So if you're struggling that with that in your life and you're, you're, you're finding that you're, you're just flying off the handle, I mean, you're, when you get into a, a discussion or a, a, a difficulty in relationship with your wife, you're going through a struggle, you just completely just, I mean, you lose your complete mind and you say all kinds. Listen, we got to stop that. You got to start operating in self-control. Um, you can't control what she does, no, but you can control what you do. And you're the leader, so you need to lead by example. And you need to lead in a way that honors and glorifies God. And we want to do those things that um, are a great example to those who come under our authority and who come under those that come under our leadership. We want to be able to do that. So, Here's, here's one thing I'm going to leave you with as we move forward, and we're going to get into this on the next podcast. But we're told in James 1, 19 through 20, um, and let me just say this too before I go here. In fact, let's just leave that for the next podcast. Let me end with this one. As we learn what Paul is saying here in Ephesians chapter 4, he says, be angry, but don't sin. Okay? I don't, I don't believe there's a man out there who doesn't feel anger because it's emotion. You can't void yourself of the reality of being human, okay? You will feel these natural emotions. It's not wrong to be angry, but it becomes wrong when we act out in an unrighteous way. So number one, be angry, guys. What Paul is saying here, when you're angry or if you get angry, he says that's, that's a reality, but he says don't sin, and the way in which we don't sin is by controlling our anger. We don't allow it to control us. Number two, he says, don't let the sun go down on your anger. Well, what does that mean? 
You know, am I supposed to, you know, my wife and I have an argument at four o'clock in the afternoon and I can be angry from four o'clock until the sun sets? Is that what that means? Well, no, not really. What that means is, is that we don't want to let anger continue and continue and linger and linger and linger. We don't want to do that because anger is one of those things. It's like holding on to anger is like holding a burning coal. Okay. If you continue to hold a burning coal, it's going to bring great pain. That's a reality. So what Paul's saying here is, if you are angry, don't sin. And don't hold on to your anger. In other words, deal with it in an appropriate way that honors God and glorifies God. Deal with it. And even if you have to deal with it with the person, don't let anger lead the way. Let self-control lead the way. Deal with it, get to the bottom of the matter, and you'll be able to do this so much better in your marriage if you don't lose your mind, man. If you're able to remain like that steam vessel on a very, very turbulent sea at that moment, just remain steadfast, constant, steady. Remember that, self-controlled. Yeah, the waves are blowing around. Yes, they are. The wind is blowing. The rain is coming. Yeah, there's lightning crashing. Okay, there's heated. There's, there's all kinds of, of emotion going on here. Listen, don't let that control you. You stay steady. You stay right on track. You just, what? Don't sin. Not in your anger. Control it. And then he says, deal with the issue. Sometimes you have to just sit down with whoever, your wife or, your, or a coworker or a friend or whatever it is, and don't just let it just go crazy. No, get to the root of the problem, deal with it because it needs to be dealt with. And then what? Be done with it. Don't hold on to it because it brings pain. There's people who get angry about something. And I mean, for days, they're just, they're mauling this over, man. It's just seething and it's steaming. And they're just, they walk around angry. Some people for days, weeks, and months. There's some people out there that are just angry period. And they walk around all the time angry. And I promise you, that's not any good for them or anyone else. So Paul says, listen, in your anger, hey, be angry, but don't sin. Number two, don't stay angry, okay? It's not good for anything or anyone. And the reason for that is because when we hold on to anger, anger also comes with it. It's like a saddle that just rides on you. And there's a stirrup on that saddle. And guess what it gives the enemy? A quick way to get right on into the situation. It's like the stirrup rolls down. He just sticks his foot in there and he's right up on the situation. And now the, the enemy is riding along in your seething anger. And now he's, he's a part of that now. Now this thing is going to really begin to cook and things can really get out of hand. Doesn't need to do that. And that's why Paul says, listen, be angry. Don't sin. Number two, don't let the sun go down on your anger. In other words, Deal with it in a godly, Christ-like manner because you're not going to sin in it. Deal with it and then let it go. Be done with it. Because why? You don't want to give Satan a foothold. Because I have seen the absolute, complete, total destruction of what can happen in a heated moment that has been seething and brewing and building. It's as if the enemy now puts his foot in the stirrup of anger, and he just mounts this thing. And before long, this thing explodes like a volcano. And what happens? Destruction, man. 
things that you never would have said come out of this stinking mouth of yours that on one side you're saying, I love you, sweetheart. You're beautiful. And in this moment, what comes out of your mouth is absolutely even astonishes you. And those things hurt. And they're never forgotten. And, and not only that, then there's even things that happen past that. It can get out of hand. And the enemy, it's just, he's just taking it, boy. And he's just, he's just taking and, and putting, putting wind on the fire to get the thing stoking good so something real tragic can come out of it. See, those of you that are listening to me know this to be absolutely true. And what we know is, guys, if we don't control our anger, it can control us. And there's grown men, 50, 60, 70 years of age, who are still infants in what it really means to be a man. And what I mean by that, they are always throwing a temper tantrum about something. They're just tantrums. That's what a child does, man. When you meet a man who can't control his anger, he's immature, spiritually big time. And he's immature as a man. Control it. You self-control. Control your anger or it will control you. Yes, don't forget, anger is a real emotion. We all experience it. It's not sin to be angry. But it's when we act out on our anger in an inappropriate way or a misplaced, directed way that it becomes sin. And we don't want to do that. Why? Because we are to live our lives for the honor and the glory of our great Savior, Jesus Christ. Guys, I hope this helps you and you can use this in your own life. Implement this today. If you're struggling with anger, you're not alone. We're men that are growing and maturing in Christ. If you need, uh, you need, the, you need to confess that sin, if, you're, if, if you've blown up and you've acted like a total fool, go to your wife, ask for her forgiveness. Repent of that sin before your wife asks her to forgive you or maybe someone else that you need to ask that to. And then you go before your Father in heaven and you repent of that. Say, God, please forgive me for that. That was unrighteous and it didn't bring about honor and glory for you. Would you please forgive me? God forgives us. Absolutely he does. And then say, Lord, I need your help through the Holy Spirit to be able to live a way that honors and glorifies you in what I do and what I say and how I act. And God will help you and give you strength and bring these things to mind as we will learn again if we get on this podcast on the next time we talk about it. We'll talk also about what um, James was meaning when he said, be quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to become angry. And there's a reason for that. Okay, guys. Hey, love you guys in the Lord. Hope you're having a wonderful day. Don't forget the Gritty Men Camp that's coming up in April. If you'd like to do something really hard and really gritty and you're ready for change and want to be a different man, a better man, a man who loves your wife better, who is a better father, who's living for Christ at a whole different level. If you want physical change, if you want mental change and you want to just have a better life, hey, be a part of this camp. It will change your life. God bless you guys. We'll see you next time. 